helping you live well, stay well, while keeping pace with today's rapidly changing healthcare environment. That's Summit Medical Group. And now it's time for SMG Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. The signs and symptoms of a concussion can be subtle and may not even be immediately apparent, but this is a problem that you've been hearing about more and more in the media, and we have to keep our athletes safe. My guest today is Dr. Jeffrey Rosenberg. He's a primary care sports medicine physician at Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rosenberg. Tell us about concussion. What's going on in the world of concussion today? Are we seeing more of them or are we seeing fewer? Uh, well, thanks very much for having you. Uh, excuse me for having me. Um, I think, in general, that we are probably not necessarily seeing more concussions as much as people are finally recognizing him and reporting the symptoms. Uh, we've known for a long period of time that many athletes, uh, especially contact athletes, so football players, cross players, hockey players, um, as well as many other athletes, have had concussions for many years. Uh, in general, we've thought only 20 or 30 percent of them were actually reported to a physician or somebody on the sideline, and so a lot of kids were just continuing to play in spite of having concussion symptoms. Um, over the past uh, three to five years, we have uh, really uh, increased the amount of uh, education for uh, both parents, uh, coaches, as well as the student-athletes, and are finally getting people to recognize the importance of reporting concussion symptoms. Um, yes, there are more concussions happening because there are more athletes in general. There are more concussions happening because the athletes are stronger and faster and sports themselves are getting more intense at a younger age. Um, but in general, I believe more we're just hearing about the injuries that we knew were probably happening in the past, but we weren't recognizing them because nobody said they had any pain. Okay, so, you know, I've got kids in sports, and I don't want them in hockey or football or lacrosse. I mean, some of these sports are just because the kids are big. And, you know, they're getting bigger and bigger. And And as you said, the the sports are getting more and more, you know, high end and terrifying and faster and harder. Now, do we look to things like helmets? Are they getting better and better? Are they helping to protect us? Or is that sort of just first line defense and really not quite the protection we might all think they are? Uh, I think the answer is probably both. Um, Certainly concussions are first-line defense against the trauma of a sport that involves head trauma. So obviously a football helmet is very important for a football athlete and player. Um, uh, At the very high end, such as in the professional and college level, they're trying to make football helmets more absorptive so that they uh, take more of the force and stress so that less of it's taken into the brain. Uh, Unfortunately, in spite of the best or Uh, engineering ideas of let's do this to make the impact less severe for the brain or the skull, we've only been able to show that headaches, excuse me, that um, head trauma and skull fractures can be prevented with uh, good helmets, but unfortunately concussions cannot. Uh, In addition, there's a lot of uh, mouth guards that are now being marketed to prevent uh, forces or to prevent the uh, risk of concussions. And again, those have been shown to prevent you from breaking your teeth, but they've never been shown to prevent concussions from actually occurring in the traumatic situation. So signs and symptoms, things that we should be on the lookout for, coaches, parents on the sideline, and even the buddy system, teammates. What should we be looking for in concussion? Well, at the sideline or when an injury uh, first happens on the field, the most common uh, symptoms that I'll hear reported are headaches, uh, dizziness, uh, blurry vision, um, and a sense of fogginess or grogginess. 
Um, yes, a certain, uh, luckily, a small percentage of athletes will actually pass out or be down on the ground at the time of their concussion, but most people will have a, a head injury and will still be standing and will hopefully be walking back to the prior, uh, walking back to the proper um, uh, sideline or the proper uh, huddle on the field. Um, once people come off the field and uh, within a few hours of exercise, typically the concussion symptoms will even worsen. They can include nausea, uh, blurry vision, ringing in the ears, dizziness. Um, and then as time progresses, uh, once the children are at home, parents may notice difficulty sleeping, either sleeping too much or not enough, problems falling asleep or staying asleep, as well as the need to take a lot of daytime naps. Um, more emotional problems such as depression or irritability, and what we call cognitive problems, so difficulties remembering things, having actual amnesia of the day of the injury or uh, time afterwards, um, learning difficulties, and almost ADD-like symptoms. Um, so most of the concussions are involved in one of those four, most of those concussion symptoms are involved in those four categories. Now, Dr. Rosenberg, every parent for time gone by looks at the eyes right away, you know, to see if the pupils are different. Is that still the way? Well, at the sideline or immediately at the time of the injury, yes, either an athletic trainer or a physician or maybe a coach, if there's one around that knows enough to do so, um, will certainly do a, a, a focal or a focused neurological exam and using the looking for pupil dilation is part of that. Um, certainly, uh, anybody whose pupils are already not dilating or are unequal probably don't have a concussion. They have probably a worse injury, which does need to be seen in the emergency room right away. So that is a good way to get a sense of whether something really tragic may be going on. But most people with concussions will have normal uh, reflex exams in the eyes. What do we do once we get them home? We rest the child? Uh, is there any yeah, drugs we can mean- give them? What? Mostly, I just tell the parents to give them some Tylenol and Motrin for their headaches and just to kind of reassure them. I think it's very hard as a parent because unlike if there's a broken bone uh, or if there's stitches and there's, you know, bleeding, a parent can't do anything about a concussion. You basically want to make sure that the child doesn't worsen in any of their symptoms, that they're not becoming more sleepy or so sleepy that they can't wake up. That certainly is a danger sign. Um, If anything worsens, and so watching them over the first 24 hours is really important. Uh, That idea of kind of waking them up every two hours to see if they're okay, we've kind of thrown that idea out of the the way um, because basically what happens is then you uh, wake up every two hours, you wake up the child every two hours, and the next day everybody's really tired and even more miserable um, because they're just tired, not because of the concussion themselves. So having to check up on them and wake them up in the middle of the night is not necessary. Certainly eyeballing them before you go to sleep and making sure they're breathing normally and that they're not, uh, you know, and that they seem okay from a sleeping perspective is okay, but I don't recommend waking them up anymore to make sure they're okay. What about mental concentration activities? Much as they hate that, we might not have to let them play video games. Yeah, we. I do, um, depending on how people feel when I see them in the office a few days after concussion, um, certainly almost complete rest from all of those activities is useful for a day or two. Um, if I'll see somebody early the next week on a Monday or a Tuesday, if they're still having difficulties, I will often keep them out of school. Uh, certainly there should be no TVs, video games, loud noises. Um, I tell the kids to go in the corner and watch the grass grow or the fish swim around the fish tank, and that's torturous for everybody, but that's the best way to let your brain rest, and that's what you need. Just like if you sprained your knee and you wouldn't want to run around on it and you wouldn't want to stress it, you really just have to let your brain rest for a few days. 
70 to 80 percent of concussions are better in five to seven days. So most people do fine. You just need to give them that chance to kind of rest. Throwing them back into school on Monday, letting them play on their phones all day or play video games is just going to irritate their brain more and actually make them feel much worse in the long run. And very quickly, when can they return to play? Um, People have to be, you know, the student athletes have to be completely asymptomatic, so they have to feel totally fine in every way uh, before they're released uh, to do anything. I want a kid to be back at school at least a day or two to make sure they can get through and function on a normal day-to-day school. After that, uh, now in New Jersey, we have a state-mandated, and many states now have state-mandated return-to-play programs, where basically it's a three- to five-day process of slowly increasing the amount of activity and phys- physical exertion that you do, as long as you do okay from that and don't get a headache or worsening symptoms, and you continue to feel well then, that night and the next day. Uh, then you progress through that program, and once you've hit usually the fifth day, you're back at practice there's no problems, then you go back in the field. So most concussions in most high school and college athletes are anywhere from, you know, one or two weeks of missing time doing sports. The reason why we do this is if you get another concussion before you're over the first one, uh, you can have a fatal response, which is called second impact syndrome, uh, that can cognitively, um, that can basically affect your brain function to the point that it can kill you or put you in a coma. Um, That's the severest thing that we're really here to protect at this point. Um, obviously, at a very high-end high college or pro level, these are older athletes that are being paid a lot of money to play their sport. Uh, they don't typically get this severe second impact syndrome, and so it's safer to return them to play as long as they are actually feeling normal. Um, they won't die from it. They'll just feel worse if they get another concussion. A 12- or 15-year-old kid, if you have another concussion while you're not better from the first, could be a really fatal event and something that we all want to prevent as much as we can. And in the last 30 to 40 seconds or so, your best advice for preventing concussion in our athletes? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think that um, from, a pre- from a prevention perspective, making sure you are wearing your proper equipment, uh, making sure that you uh, tackle appropriately uh, if you're playing football, if this is hockey or lacrosse or something where there's a board around, you know, don't give people cheap shots, don't hit them with a stick in their head, don't purposely traumatize somebody um, because in spite of your anger on the field and wanting to maybe get them for them doing something to you, um, you really don't want to cause somebody to have a fatal head injury. You won't feel well about yourself in the morning. So prevention is the key just so that you don't do something silly that you may you know, wish didn't happen later on down the road. Well, that certainly is the message. Prevention is the key. You're listening to Summit Medical Group Radio. For more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.